This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. From Studio A inside the Rick L. and Vicki L. James University Center, this is Trine Line. Hello, I'm James Tu, Senior Director of Content and Communications at Trine University, and this is the Trine Line Podcast. Trine University President Dr. Earl D. Brooks II will discuss some of the latest happenings at Trine University and issues in higher education. Dr. Brooks, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, James. Pleasure to uh, be with you. An exciting, exciting year and certainly uh, excited about uh, your new position and what we're doing here with podcasts at the university. Oh, thank you. Well, we're already into the fifth week of the fall semester at this point. Uh, what are some of the highlights for the semester right now? Well, it's, yeah, it's hard to believe. As you mentioned, we're five weeks into the semester already, but another uh, exciting start to another school year here at uh, Trine University, which across the board in most of the student numbers and demographics that we measure were up rather appreciably. Our full-time equivalency uh, returning students is up about 3.5% uh, this fall, which is roughly, to equate that to raw numbers, about 75 students over a year ago, we're about we're up about seven percent on returning students, which is up about uh, ninety students. We're up about two percent in housing as our residential population continues to grow year after year here on the main campus. And the most uh, significant number for us that we uh, began seeing uh, a reverse of a trend over the summer that continued into the fall is really a. Uh, uh, sort of a revival of international populations, which we had seen decline for two or three years. And now over the summer and the fall, we've seen a spike of, a, of 150 students over a year ago, which is about a 32% increase in our international and uh, graduate numbers. So overall, we're excited about a, another great fall start, uh, looking at the quality of the class in terms of, of GPAs, test scores, things of that nature. I'm told this class uh, exceeds what we had a year ago and we're just uh, excited to have them here being the in the fifth week of the uh, school year which as we know passes along pretty quickly for us. Well this fall we opened the expansion to the Health Sciences Education Center in Fort Wayne to house Trine's new surgical technology program. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that expansion and also what's the future for Trine's Health Sciences program? Very very excited about the this new uh, program, uh, we began working with our partner, Parkview Health, probably two years ago when they first uh, talked to us about the need for uh, surgical technicians and uh, operating room assistants. And surely as a result of that feedback and uh, their expression of the market demand and need that really caused us to take a look at it. And then in partnering with them at Carew Street, we also took on another additional 10,000 square feet of space, which we spent about eight to 10 months in uh, renovation with them. And we've got two, uh, two beautiful uh, surgical rooms, uh, storage units, classrooms, laboratories, dressing rooms, everything there to support and really put students in uh, the real world action of going in, of scrubbing down, of getting ready, of going into a to a surgical unit, all the preparatory stuff that goes along with that, and uh, very pleased to have a new director on board and have that program underway. But also this renovation also helped us plan for the future. As we know, we've been pretty aggressive in growing uh, the health sciences. So Surge Tech starts this year. Next fall, our 
rollout of our new RN to BSN program, which is an online uh, program, will start next fall. Our physical therapy assistant program rolls out uh, next fall, fall of 2020. Fall of 21, we move into anesthesiology, certified registered nurse anesthetist program. And we believe with the newly renovated space we did this year, we have enough space to accommodate uh, all of these programs at that point. And then moving forward beyond 2021, uh, we'll be looking at speech pathology, uh, occupational therapy, but continues to be a growing trend for us. And none of this would be possible without the partnership of a, of a strong entity like Parkview Health. Parkview Health, I know, has also been involved with uh, developments in our computer science and information technology program, particularly with the new health informatics track. Can you talk maybe a little bit about that as well as uh, where our um, computer science programs are going? Uh, yes, yes, they have. And again, as a result of uh, being in touch with them and their needs, Ron Double, their chief information officer and members of his team, actually served on an advisory board uh, with a number of other uh, corporate partners around our region when we, when we began really taking a fresh look at what we're doing in our computer science areas. And the one that really came to the forefront with them was health informatics, which is a little, we've had a health uh, informatics program for numbers of years. This one gets a little more specified. If you think about all of the health data that a Parkview contains with the thousands of patients that they have annually is now how are those how do they organize those? How do they protect those? So there's a cyber security component. So they really helped us develop this curriculum. But then also as a, as a part of that, not only help with the curriculum, they will provide internships, co-ops that actually will lead to employment with, with Parkview. They have such a demand. There's a They employ, believe it or not, 350 people in their IT department. So there's never a time that they're probably not with without openings of 25 to 30 folks at a time so we're very glad to partner with them and helping that that way and again contribute again to career success and career opportunity for our graduates because there's a direct career path there then beyond health informatics we're going to be into uh, cyber security uh, as as a curriculum as a part of it of course artificial intelligence virtual reality all apart we'll be exploring not only in the computer sciences but also I know that our engineering folks are looking at how they can integrate some of that into the laboratories uh, in, a, in a very uh, educational and, and teaching way and format. And so we're excited about the potential of partnerships there, but the potential to explore uh, new avenues. And I know we're going to talk a minute about new things, but all that will be also a part of our new uh, wing of our uh, engineering school. I mean, looking at where Trina's at right now, you know, our uh, enrollment numbers are strong. Um, financially, we continue to do well. Um, but this comes at an environment when um, higher education, particularly smaller private universities like Trine, are facing many challenges. And I know uh, recently I heard a, a news report that one of uh, our other Indiana private institutions was laying off some faculty and cutting programs. Um, what are some of the biggest issues you see facing higher education in general and private higher education today? Yeah, it's a very challenging environment in, in higher education, one which I think will continue to be challenging and I think even even worsen over time. As we look at all the uh, the demographics, there's a, there's a decrease in birth rates, so there's a shrinking pool that we'll deal with probably for uh, the next 10 years. So it has created intense competition, particularly among uh, private liberal arts institutions throughout the the Midwest, as a result, there's rising discount rates and scholarships. There's 
uh, everything with regard to career readiness and paths you take and that sort of thing. What we've tried to intentionally do, I think, is remained on uh, career-focused professional education. Again, the strengths of our School of Engineering where we offer civil, chemical, electrical, mechanical, biomedical engineering, uh, software engineering, and now all the strengths of what we're trying to do in computing. All those are areas of high need where there's really a, a career destination and pathway uh, for our students. And I think then looking back five years ago when we first got into the health sciences and those uh, career preparations, again, uh, high market opportunities, mobility really to take both engineering and health science education careers anywhere across our country so you're not limited geographically or where you can go with, with such degrees. And we continue to see really good growth in our school of business. Our School of Education's bucking a real trend. I really believe with the work that uh, Dean Klein and the faculty of our Frank School of Education have done, we really have probably one of the top-rated schools in the state of Indiana right now that have shown growth for the fourth consecutive year. We're really bucking a trend there. And six years of 100% placement in our in our School of, of Education. So I think our, uh, our faculty and the folks of the academic schools are doing a really good job on focusing on career readiness and what the outcomes and opportunities are for our students. And I think more and more that's what institutions are going to have to do to thrive and survive in this challenging market we find ourselves in. Career readiness has been, you know, kind of the hallmark of a trying education. You know, with our last uh, class of 2018, we had 99.7% employment, and that's been over the last five years we've been right around 99% or above. You know, you see that continuing to help us kind of through. Yeah, I think one of the things that really make uh, us uh, u- uniquely special is that I think that uh, every everyone in every discipline does a really good job of making sure we get real-world experience into the classroom, of, of bringing corporate CEOs or folks into the classroom. But also we look at internship, co-op, field trip, plant tours, things of that nature to really get our students out into the real world where they can really see an application, some of the theory that they find themselves in the classroom. For health scientists, it's about clinical experience. For teacher education students, it's about teacher training or where they're out really, you know, student teaching. So I think every discipline of the university has found a way to have real world experience as a part of their education. And so uh, I think it's important and what we try to do with those folks who employ our students is find a way that our students are ready to go to work day one. So many companies sometimes you hear spend six, eight, ten months with on-the-job training after someone graduates. We're trying to do our best to eliminate that gap so that our students are ready to go to work regardless of what the industry is on day one. Now, this past week, the university hosted retired Rear Admiral Sonny Masso, uh, who was an officer at the Pentagon when it was attacked on 9-11 to open this year's Distinguished Speaker Series. Can you talk a little bit about Admiral Masso's presentation and what it meant to students and the university and the greater Angola community? Yeah, I think, James, you would agree with me. This has really become a one of the hallmark events for us, I think, uh, each fall is memorializing and making sure that many of our students, I think I pointed this out in my comments that morning, uh, were probably, our freshman class was probably born that year, or maybe some of them weren't born. So to many of them, 9-11 is somewhat of a historical event. I think, as Admiral Masso pointed out, our students today maybe relate more to Columbine and, and you know, that tragedy more so than really looking at 9-11. So I think uh, keeping 9-11 and those thousands of people that lost their lives 
working there, whether it was uh, emergency personnel or military or whatever that was involved in that episode, not only at the World Trade Centers but the Pentagon, I think, making sure that we we remember those and those who did service that day for our country. And 9-11 is sort of an emotional time, I think, for everyone. I can't imagine everyone that morning who did not reflect to some degree on 9-11 and what it personally meant to them. I can think of my own experience. I was uh, less than a half a mile from the Pentagon the day the plane hit 9-11 in 2001. My own personal experience of what happened, you know, you could feel the quake of the ground. You could see the fighter jets in the air. That's pale in comparison to what someone like Admiral Masso went through that morning who was actually in the building where the plane hit and immediately sprung into, in in my view, what was a a hero mentality and aspect of springing in to really help save lives and do all he could when, when that tragedy hit. So I think to hear that from someone's perspective kind of puts it more in context for those of us who read about it, who have seen all the newscasts and broadcasts related to it. So I think it's important for us uh, in the educational aspect to continue to make sure our students are well aware. But we also, beyond just our local uh, trying community, had a really great outpouring from the community at large of folks who who really want to uh, come hear this speaker. So it's an event each year that I'm very proud of, and we're certainly very fortunate this year to have Admiral Masso here to share his experience. And I know, too, he talked also a lot about the future and the need for um, cybersecurity and talked about machine learning and artificial intelligence, which kind of goes back to what we were talking he, about he earlier. He did, and as part of what he does now, he runs a consulting firm uh, working a lot on, on cybersecurity. So actually, he and I had quite a bit of conversation before and after our event. He's willing to even kind of review and critique our curriculum, look at how we could host a symposium and uh, he could recommend speakers who can help us. So I think we may see Admiral Masso's uh, involvement with trying to uh, continue. I feel like he had a really good experience here, enjoyed his experience here, and so we'll probably be looking to work with him in the future in the whole cybersecurity area. And what an expert to have as an advisor to what we're doing here curricularly and with our students at Trine. Now this Saturday, uh, Trine's going to host its first home co- football game of the season. Talk a little bit about uh, the success that Trine had this past year athletically and uh, what Thunder fans have to look forward to this coming year. Yeah, well, we're excited to finally get our football team home. They've opened on the road with uh, two straight weeks on the road. Uh, good to report we're 2-0, and so road wins are always a, a good thing. So we're off to another great start there. But overall, it's a – it's a very, uh, uh, very exciting time for our athletic programs. I think last year we won championships in uh, football, men and women's basketball, women's track, and softball. Our softball team, uh, I think as most of our listeners probably would know, made it all the way to the national championships again, finished third in the nation, had just a, uh, an incredible year. We had our ACHA D2 hockey team again, made it to the national championships. It was really a – A great year for Thunder Athletics, and we're looking to build on and repeat on some of those successes again uh, this year. I think both our uh, men's track team and our men's soccer team were conference runner-ups last year, so we're certainly very competitive. And I think it goes beyond what happens on the field or the floors of play or whatever with with our students because one of the things I really like about Division three athletics is our athletes are student athletes and so not only the ac- the athletic achievements but the academic achievements of our students overall has been uh, fabulous so we're glad to 
Glad to uh, invite our listeners to come out and support our teams at any time we play. We kick off at 1 o'clock Saturday in football against Concordia, Wisconsin, I think. And then uh, I think we have maybe another road game. Then we're back, or an open date. Then we're back here for a really big one on homecoming weekend, which is uh, October 4th and 5th. But that's our home opener against Hope College, who is the uh, conference favorite this year in football. So we need everybody to come out and help us with that game. But an exciting time for Thunder Athletics. Uh, of course, most folks have seen or heard about now the new Thunder Ice Arena and the MTI Center, but we just invite uh, our listeners to come out and participate, be a part of uh, really some exciting Division Three athletics here at Trine University. Like you mentioned, homecoming is going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, what are some si- exciting things the university community has to look forward to this year for homecoming? Well, it's weekend? always an exciting time when we get uh, Trine alumni, Tri-State University alumni, Tri-State College alumni all back home because it just seems like there's an energy and a synergy that develops when we get our alumni back on uh, on campus. Uh, very exciting uh, activities throughout the weekend, a lot of uh, – alumni department tailgates that are planned on Saturday. Friday, we will actually uh, have a dedication of our writing center and uh, university center in, in uh, honor and memory of uh, former dean of our School of Arts and Sciences, Amy Nichols, who we lost uh, tragically a, a year ago, but we'll have the dedication of that facility. Then on Friday evening, we also have our annual uh, Touchstone and Alumni Homecoming Dinner which is usually a, a grand time with uh, usually about 500 guests present. It gives us an opportunity to uh, reflect and kind of give a status update as to what's happening at the university, recognize our many donors who throughout the year and years have given back to really help make this institution what it is today, uh, present the uh, annual alumni awards to those distinguished alumni who who have distinguished themselves in their career or in their service and giving back to the university. And then uh, also with a recognition, I think, uh, of four or five members this year who will be inducted into the Trine University Athletic Hall of Fame. So it's really a, uh, an exciting time and weekend. Then uh, Saturday, a lot of tailgates, events, uh, football game. I think we have alumni games, alumni tennis matches and alumni uh, lacrosse tournament. I think we have alumni basketball back to see one of the practices of our basketball team. And then uh, on Saturday evening, we kind of wind up homecoming weekend then with uh, Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award winner uh, Dion Warwick, who will be performing at the First Center uh, on Saturday evening. I believe that's at, at 8 o'clock. And folks, I think can still go online to get tickets for that. But we're very excited to have her here uh, homecoming weekend as, as well. So a busy weekend, but a fun time. We encourage our listeners, don't have to be an alumnus of the university, to come over and enjoy a very exciting time and a lot of good events. Well, what are some other things we have to look forward to coming up at Trine? Well, we're really uh, uh, working hard underway now with the Invest in Excellence Capital Campaign. We've raised nearly $111 million of our $125 million goal, so we're pushing right at the 90 a percent mark. One of the uh, big projects left that we want to compl- complete is a new wing to the Allen School of Engineering and Technology, which will attach itself to uh, the box center, run to the north, and then run east-west as you come through uh, through campus. It's about a 40,000 square foot addition, about a $10 million project. Uh, 
it really will allow as we continue to grow in engineering. I think this this fall was the third consecutive class where we've had 300 or more new students in our freshman class that are in in engineering. So the need for additional laboratory and classroom space, as we've also have. Uh, talk today about the expansion of computing. A lot of that space will be dedicated to do uh, laboratories to support the growth in our uh, computer sciences, where it's health informatics or uh, cyber or AI or virtual reality. All that will be labs to uh, support that. So continuing to move forward in a progressive way in our capital campaign, continue to raise dollars to grow the endowment so we can provide those scholarship opportunities to make a trying uh, education affordable. Uh, continue to explore some new programming. I know engineering is going to be looking at uh, automation and technology, perhaps. We've also talked about uh, data science. So we're continuing to explore those opportunities where we believe there are market demands and need that will provide, again, those career opportunities for our students. And I know, too, talking about computer science, I believe we have a record number of um, computer science and information technology majors this fall as well. We do. A big, a big surge. That became a push for us last year as we kind of realigned our programs with uh, market needs. We saw a real surge in that this year. And then I think, it's, of course, it's very early in the year, but we have a, a really early trend in terms of uh, applications for the program already for fall 2020. So really encouraged with that growth and with that growth comes the need for that additional space we're talking about. So an exciting time on a lot of fronts, whether you're talking about uh, engineering, education, business, health sciences, computer sciences, a lot of, a lot of opportunities for us to continue to grow, but also I think continue to do those things necessary to provide the career ready graduates that business and industry are seeking uh, so much in this uh, particularly good economy and environment we find ourselves in. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Brooks, for your time, and uh, we're looking forward to doing this maybe about every month or so to kind of update the campus community. And um, again, we just uh, thank you for joining us. Thank this you, morning. James. Thank you so much for this opportunity, and look forward to uh, talking with you again soon. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.